The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, what comes up for me, I guess what I want to talk about, um, is this process that we go through when we sit here. And for me this morning, um, I think I wanted to offer some things that might work when (coughs) mindfulness isn't working for us. Um, If it's working, wonderful, great. You guys have all heard so much talks and have practiced so much, wonderful with it. But there are a lot of times I find lately for me where it's not that strong. And so I wanted to offer some other suggestions that um, might be helpful. So I always find I start with mindfulness because it's been such a big part of my training and I try and see if it's going to stick on some level. But it becomes clear early on when that strength isn't there and um, I'm just floating around in some space and not that clear about what's going on. And um, so I have this process I go through and I'm a little more aware of it when I have to talk about it. So sometimes that might be helpful for you guys. <laughs> you know, so if you had to explain it to somebody or have a discussion with somebody, um, see what happens when you go through a sit. So I noticed um, when I tried mindfulness and um, I was, it was really challenging conditions. I was foggy, tired, uh, a lot of discomfort, kind of feeling wretched, and there's a lot of anger, <laughs> some kind of rage. Um, so when I didn't feel like mindfulness was working, I went through my body and tried to see if I could release some tension, if there was anything really noticeable And I realized that wasn't that strong either, so my mind was all over the place. Did the best I could, would sit back, release my jaw, and that happened like three, four times. I always give three, four times to any kind of process. Might be helpful to give it a shot at least. So there's some a bit of trying to come into the body and do some, um, you know, body scan and release some tension that's really noticeable. and then I thought, okay, that's not working, so let's, let's start to this process of inquiry. <laughs> What's going on that's making this so difficult? Um, and there I noticed something very useful. So when there's not a lot of aversion, I didn't feel like I was trying to fight anything. It just maybe there wasn't a lot of attention. There wasn't... Um, um, I'm very foggy in the morning, so that's probably one of the things. It takes me hours to wake up. But there's probably lots of things going on in my body right now that also aren't helping. So when I, when I f- do this process of inquiry, it's to, is am I fighting something? Is there aversion? Where is there attachment? Those two questions I find very useful when you start this process of inquiry. And when there's not aversion... I realized it opens up a lot of energy, but it's not this guarantee <laughs> that there's going to be some great freedom. You know, um, wonderful when there is an attachment or aversion to something, but it doesn't quite mean, I realized at that moment, I really have a clear uh, vision, understanding, or connection to what's happening. I just 
realized there was an aversion. So that was great. So then you can go through all the processes of where, um, what else is going on in my body. And the question I found very useful was, why am I doing this practice? I always find like when there's that much, like there isn't a deep connection, it's wonderful to check into intention. Intention. What is some something that makes sense for me on some deeper level to keep, continue this process. And what always comes up for me, and I, I, whatever comes up for you, I think that's a great line of questioning. And it might be clear, it might not be clear, but I find when that line of questioning comes in, that the deeper intentions around this practice have this capacity or quality to wake you up. Um, so... Unfortunately, it didn't do that quite as well this morning. <laughs> I said, I always used to come, I wish, oh, well, I care, I care. Well, I honestly didn't connect that well with caring at that moment, so it didn't work as well as it has in the past. So, uh, next thing. <laughs> it was at the end of the sit, and I realized, okay, I want to end this sit with something. And I said, okay, so um, I have a family member in the hospital, and it's some routine thing. I realized um, I wasn't that concerned about it, but it's been now six days she's in the hospital, and I realized some level of anxiety has arisen because six days to be on um, to be in treatment in the hospital and on, on antibiotics is a long time, and I have a few there's complications that I don't know about. So I started to work with some um, compassion practice for them, to wish them, you know. Um, ease in this time of uh, difficulty, but also to wish them some strength and courage and um, the opposite of what I was feeling, which was anxiety. <laughs> and I have a feeling they're probably feeling a lot more anxiety than I am. But it made me realize that that was underneath a lot of what was going on. So... Um, it was just a few minutes of a metta practice, and it just brought a little bit of ease, made me see a little bit more clearly. Even though there was an aversion to what I was seeing, I wasn't seeing clearly what was going on. And the metta practice, or this desire, just to wish them well um, this time, actually um, brought up and allowed me to see, oh, there's more anxiety there than I was aware of as well. So um, in this weird way, this process of winkery maybe helps the mindfulness. When mindfulness itself and all the ways we learn to to try and pay attention um, don't work, it brings awareness to things that are underlying in this roundabout way. So (laughs) anyways, in the midst of all that, um, I sat up there during the walk and... um, um, I sat a little more deeply with this feeling of care and something came up in a very beautiful way and it was saying, please talk about love. <laughs> and I guess I was hesitant to just come out and say, I want to talk about love because, <laughs> um, I don't know, we have these associations what love should mean or feels like or an idea of love. And as I was up there trying to see, like, well, how would I talk about love? Because that's something about what's going on, and that's what allowed a deeper connection to my experience. 
And <clears throat> so what I thought would be useful was um, to use some parts of inquiry to say, well, what does love mean to me? Why do I find it useful in this practice to support people in their practice to connect with some part of the heart? And I realized it's, it's certainly not just one thing. It's a word we use for a lot of things, but underneath it, um, there was a deep um, sense of vulnerability that I noticed come up. There was a deep sense of tenderness. There was a, a connection to a s- the sense of the body and... I didn't have to try anymore to be connected. I didn't have to try anymore to be mindful. It just came together. And um, I'm not sure this makes any sense, because I remember before my... (laughs) before um, I, I worked... I worked a, um, a lot with metta practices because I felt I didn't have a good connection with my heart. I didn't understand what love was. I didn't really knew, know what it was to care that deeply. Um, it didn't make sense. So I'm sitting here trying to bridge or trying to put language to experience so that it might be supportive to any of you in this, in this process is if it doesn't make sense... That's okay, too. But this process of asking, or at least inquiring, as to what might be supportive for that opening to happen, for me, the words um, were useful. The, 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 the word vulnerability is useful to me, because it may seem strange, but it was, that was that's the door in for a lot of people that I've heard. I know it's the door in for me, is to let go of all the protections and um, um, walls that I was putting up, allowing myself to be vulnerable to whatever that was going on. And honestly, uh, it wasn't in relationship to people. It was in the safety and stillness and of, this, of taking the seat. And it, was that, it had to be safe enough for me. So I understand that process for people. And I guess I just want to encourage that process because... As I am sitting here now, wanting to share that as a really valuable tool, um, the the love or <laughs> is is so deeply connected to wisdom and understanding, and I think this process or this practice doesn't allow love to take its own kind of path because we're constantly asked to check in where there's attachment and clinging and that's the thing that we can get so attached to I find and it very unbalanced in an unbalanced way and I've been in so many communities where they focus so much on love where they feel like love is enough that it becomes so unbalanced without the wisdom component um, it um, doesn't feel safe and it's very unattractive for me to try and stay in those communities Whereas this community, I feel, we're constantly asked to check in with that. We're not asked to check in very often, or do, we're not, there's not many people who ask us to do metta practices or or try and develop that quality of the heart. But I feel almost that's a natural progression as we 
do this practice. And even if we focus a lot on wisdom, after a while that starts to feel very dry. And I feel like the, it's a natural progression of the heart to want to um, integrate with that. So when I feel love, I feel that it's so deeply connected to wisdom and it's so little time to talk about this. But I really do feel like um, it's valuable and it helped me, I don't know, it worked for me this morning. So that whole process of checking through, uh, you know, whether or not it's mindfulness and body scanning, a process of inquiry, maybe sitting back and resting back and just watching what's happening and trying a metta practice. Seeing any, if any of those things just plants a seed or, or, or something works, um, I wanted to offer this option to just, just, just straight mindfulness. And when mindfulness isn't working, there are other things that we have and other tools uh, um, that are of deep value and I find can be um, very helpful. So thank you for listening. I hope some of it made sense. <laughs> and um, now Nana will um, organize.